0: One of the best stories of the basketball season so far: the Fairfield Stags. Their head coach, Carly Chibo Dudonis, here to talk about it. Locked on Women's Basketball starts now. Ogunmawale for the win. Good! You
1: are locked on Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball.
0: Well, hi, everyone, and happy Thursday to you. I'm Howard Magdahl, your host of Locked on Women's Basketball. Delighted to be with you as always. Of course, you guys keep showing up for us the way we're showing up for you. Over 170,000 listeners in November alone because we show up for you six days a week talking about the women's game that we all love. And of course, it is not just me, it is the incredible team over at The Next, NextSoup.com, where we are $9 a month, $72 a year, to support over a hundred reported pieces every month on women's basketball, TheNextSoups.com. Make sure you check it out. Just an incredible team doing remarkable work on the game that we love. And I have had the privilege as I have been covering this game, to cover today's guest through multiple stops in Mississippi State, at Minnesota, now the Fairfield Stads with just a remarkable start to the season ahead of schedule. I, I, I mean, look, you're, you're in the max, so you, you can't have like a, like a net rating in the top 100, right?
1: <laughs> we, we, we've we done our work to to do our best to be there early, absolutely.
0: Is, where are you? So you it was what, 59 this week? Are you, are You. Yeah, you guys been... I, I mean, simply incredible best start in the program in 40 years. And, uh, you know, to me, and, and we're going to get into it a lot of kind of the nerdy side of why and how it's happening. But um, as a point of personal privilege, uh, to know Carly was to know that this was going to be a success to have that six and one start was a very big deal the thing that I think really jumped out of people that I heard people around the game talking about was for you guys to go to Rutgers to beat Rutgers 78 to 54. And, you know, Coach Weiss, Washington has been on the program as a friend she's building and you can see it's coming along. And obviously it's at the beginning of that, uh, that arc, let's say, as it relates to Rutgers, but for you guys to come in to, to beat, a big 10 team and beat them like that. What was it like internally to get a win like that, to see results match the effort that you guys are putting in?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, for us, we talk a lot about growth and, you know, being intentional with our growth. And so, you know, while that game um, was a a huge statement, it was for me, I was really proud as a coach to see the growth because we had just lost a Vanderbilt at Vanderbilt um, the week before. And we really struggled to, you know, we only lost by three, um, and had to kind of make a late push in the fourth to to give ourselves a chance to win that game um, at Vanderbilt. But you know we struggled to rebound the ball, we turned the ball over too much, we fouled too much. So there was a few things that we could pinpoint right away that would have given us a better chance to win that game at Vandy. So um, really proud of our team for taking that week, getting ready for Rutgers to really pinpoint and and address a lot of those issues. Um, and we took care of the basketball, we shared the ball, we we didn't put them at the free throw line, we rebounded the ball much better, we out rebounded Rutgers. So I was while I was. You know, incredibly proud of the win. I'm so I was so um, happy to see our growth, to put ourselves in a position to win um, and start that game off really strong because we always say we're a great offensive team when we get shots at the rim and we're not turning it over. So there was a lot of um, little things within the course of the the bigger picture that I was um, excited to see for the growth of this team.
0: I, I would be remiss not to point out, you know, a couple of things on that. Number one. A loss at Vandy. Vandy is 9-1 and this year. Vandy is very, very talented. They are a good team is going to make noise before this is all said and done. But the other thing, and that's critical, right? The out-rebounding. I mean, to do that against Rutgers, Rutgers, again, much improved this year. Eight of their first 11 non-conference opponents, they out-rebounded. They were about even on the boards. I got to see them against Indiana this past weekend. Um, Mackenzie Holmes has been known to grab a rebounder, Mm -hmm. I, You know, and it does, it comes back to, and and I'm curious about sort of how you build, but the way your team fights, and I got to see you live. I've seen you uh, on uh, film, but I haven't been able to see you live yet, which I will remedy very soon. Uh, It's effort. It seems to me, first and foremost. And I just wonder for you philosophically, how much you feel like rebounding does come down to effort as opposed to being able to find individual players who work in a particular way uh to maximize uh the rebounding in general. Like, you know, how do you how do you build a team to do it?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, first and foremost, you know, for our team, uh, you know, values and standards and things like that, we hold a very high standard just with effort and talking about controlling your controllables. Because while we are a team that can score and shoot the ball every, you know, much better than last year, we, you know, you're not going to shoot it great every single night. And so um, I think my coaching staff does a great job of holding that, you know, those kind of those efforts, uh, you know, standards to a high level. But from a rebounding perspective, we know, you know, we may not have pound for pound, the better rebounders in some of those types of games. Um, and so we, we talk about doing it by committee a lot um, in in the sense of most people's going to send, you know, most teams are going to send back a, a safety and transition defense or something like that. And then whoever is in charge of boxing them out needs to go and, and help people who maybe are, you know, out outmanned, outnumbered, um, outsized, whatever it may be. Uh, we do switch a lot on ball screen. So we are at a disadvantage a lot. And so we've, we've had to find little ways to counteract that. Um, and a lot of it is just the attention to detail. Um, every single shot, not turning and, and standing and watching, um, and not thinking we can out jump a team like Rutgers, a team like Vanderbilt. Um, you know, a lot of the teams we played, St. John's, Fordham, you can go down the line. Um, and so we've had to be really intentional with the teaching points. Um, and there's there's a rebounding emphasis in practice almost every single day because of that.
0: It makes sense. And again, one of the things holding down your rebounding rate overall is you're making too many shots, and so you go back. <laughs> The offensive efficiency, we we're talking about this off the air, but something that I like to do in my free time is just go to CBB analytics and dive deep into the And There's so much green on your CBB analytics chart, but maybe the best number is that you guys are 60.4% from two-point range so far this year. That is good for third in the country. You're not getting there by taking an uh, unending amount of three-point shots, although you get a fair amount of your percentage uh, of total points from outside the arc. What is it about this offense that is allowing you to get not just good shots, but great shots on a consistent basis?
1: We, uh, as a staff, took a really hard look um, at not only what we did last year uh, as well, but also the, the, the women that we brought in, the people that we return, and how can we Um, mold this into, you know, the most successful and efficient offense, that was not a strength of ours last year, as you probably, if you could go back a year, you would not see a lot of green um, in last year's offense. So uh, I give a huge credit to our staff. We did a a staff retreat in, I think it was June, and each of our our staff members kind of had some different areas of of our team in the game to look at. Uh, But one of the the big points of emphasis was our offense. So uh, we looked at some of the teams, and I, you know, being in the Midwest when I was at Minnesota, I got to coach against Drake and the Dakotas and things like that. And, you know, we looked at some of those, those top mid-major uh, programs and the common denominator is that they all play some sort of five out. Um, and then the way that we recruited, we we recruited, you know, what people would call a traditional post players. We call road runners. I don't know if you've seen that on tweets and graphics and things like that. We call them road runners because they are versatile. They're non-traditional. They're not big you know 6465 and in back to the basket they are able to shoot from 3 and pass and go off the bounce. So we opened up the floor a lot um and then one of the you know we talk a lot about sprint space score efficiently sacrifice those are kind of our our basketball identity terms. And so it's from a scoring efficiency we really kind of hone in on the PPP and we talk about you know open layups getting to the you know feet in paint. Um and then with our space and our spacing knowing if you draw a second finding your kickouts, knowing where your where your slides are to really create that space. So we really emphasize easy twos, easy threes. Um, and, and, you know, if you look at a shot chart, we take very few contested tough twos. Um, and I think that really helps our field goal percentage.
0: It is a beautiful thing to see. Your mid-range, you have taken 6.2% of your attempts from the mid-range. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just just an absurdly low number and it just reflects really good decisions. I would be remiss before we get to break, you know, you you talked about the staff and, and the elephant in the room, of course, is that in your name is basketball royalty. Um, people see your name and they say, you know, Oh, are you related to Blake Dudonis who was an original writer for high post hoops? Is that true? Do you, do you, are you familiar with Blake at all?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah, so the Dudonis is a, uh and my name is hyphenated. I got married to Blake Dudonis. I think is I probably should know this, but maybe seven or eight years, seven years ago now. Um, I should probably, I'm, I'm not so good with the anniversaries, but um, he's on my staff uh, as well. And that was a, a really important thing for me uh, becoming a head coach is that I was going to be able to hire him. Um, and so, yeah, I got, I'm very fortunate to, to have him, um, you know, when I was building a staff and, and having someone that I knew I could, A, trust, but B, was going to challenge me and open up, any staff meeting, any room for the rest of my staff to feel comfortable to do that as well. So I have a, I have a a fantastic staff. I'm so lucky between him and Eric Johnson, uh, who's been in the game uh, for, you know, over 20 years, Erica Brown, who's, uh, you know, just the best. And I'm going to hold on to her as long as I possibly can. Um, And then Alex McKinnon's my Dobo and Aislin Flynn's our GA. So I feel really fortunate um, to have really good people around me that, you know, think a lot of things that I don't. So I think that's a huge part of our success.
0: No, no question about it. And of course, please give Blake our best. We're always glad to uh, send people on through the pipeline. Uh, Mm -hmm. University of Wisconsin-River Falls loss was Fairfield's name. No question (laughs) about it. Absolutely. We're going to get into some of the details, some of the players who make you guys go here in segment two. Uh, But first... Going to talk to folks at home about FanDuel. And we're, yeah, we're going to talk about Tommy DeVito again, because FanDuel has this opportunity Uh, that if you bet $5, uh FanDuel will offer you $150 in bonus bets if you are a new better at FanDuel. So again, you win a $5 money line bet. And again, Tommy DeVito and the Giants, and it's much to everybody's shock. My, my in-laws can't Get over it. They thought the season was over. My neighbors were ready to taunt me. I'm I'm in the Philadelphia area, and they were Eagles fans, and they were going to give me a hard time, and they don't know how to handle it because Tommy DeVito keeps winning. So if you think that Tommy DeVito is the real deal, go ahead and place that bet. You go to FanDuel.com slash locked on for this opportunity. The app, you can use spreads, player pops, over-unders, and more. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Yeah, I, I the DeVito thing, I, I no one can make any any sense of it at all here in New Jersey, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so so let's talk about something that does make even, let's say, less sense. And that is Janelle Brown. OK, so if you go to your numbers. Right. And so I, I'm starting to dive in and y- you just these don't make sense. Janelle Grimes is averaging 18.6 points per game, 71.6% from the field. She's 73.5 from two. And you say, oh, okay, well, I, I know what this is. I just saw Lauren Betts over the weekend. Who's six 6'7". And, you know, this must be somebody who's just huge, efficient around the basket. And then you just keep going. And Janelle is making your offense go with four assists per game, She's making – Two-thirds of her threes. And she's taking over <laughs> the game. So, you know, I had a game. I, this is my favorite number. She went 15 for 17 earlier this year. Take us through, like, what is the secret sauce of Janelle Brown for you guys?
1: I'm so proud of, of Nellie. She is about as good of a human as you can find. And she's super high energy. She, I think I just said this the other day to somebody. I mean, she lights up any room. She can make anybody laugh. She makes everybody, you know – Kids that come to games, she just makes everybody feel important. Um, and so I'm as much of, of anything I'm proud of her as how she's just continued to grow uh, as a woman. But you know, from a basketball perspective, last year she had to do a lot for us. Um, her and Callie had to carry a lot of our offensive load. And so while she was, you know, very efficient still and how she did it, um, you know, she had to probably do more um, than than we would have liked her to, as far as having to force the issue sometimes. Um, and for her, her offseason, she did a great job of, you know, still being able to get downhill, get feet in paint, um, make open threes, but do it with poise and taking care of the basketball and not running people over, staying out of foul trouble, um, things like that. So I think that in, in addition to, you know, she's got a lot of great teammates around her. And now she's you, you mentioned the four assists. That would have been really hard to come by last year. And she's now if people do take her away, they have to pick their poison a little bit. Are they going to take away? A downhill layup for for Nelly, where she's you know like you said she went a game 15 of 17 on a lot of downhill layups, um, or are you going to come off of really good three point shooters um, and you know other road runners around her that can that can create as well? So uh, it makes a, a really difficult decision for people, and she's doing an unbelievable job of picking your spots and making those reads.
0: The year before you arrived, she was in the 30s in terms of the number of shots she was getting at the rim. She's well above 50 percent now in terms of that. You talk about having the speed to be able to get to the basket. But her ability to finish despite her size is something that I, I, I mean, is that is that taught? Is that something innate? Is that some combination of it? How do you get a player able to do it that well?
1: It's a combination for sure. I mean, she's got God-given abilities that I I could never have you know dreamed of as a player. But she her athleticism allows her to get there, allows her to elevate. Um, allows she she's got an unbelievable jump shot or excuse me jump stop that she's developed um, with my staff and with Erica Brown, her position coach. Um, she's done a great job of getting to two feet more to be more efficient and on balance. Um, and I think that again, I talked a little bit about the spacing. We've basically taken out a body in the paint. Um, So, those decisions, like if people do want to come help, it's really obvious and they're coming from a long way. So, now she doesn't have to take, you know, is this an open layup? Is this not? Um, It's a little bit more cut and dry of, okay, I have one on one. Let me go, let me go get to the rim and score or help's Mm -hmm. comp. And I'm going to, you know, live to see another day. So, you know, it's a little bit of everything, but she's got some, some talent that she's developed. um, And huge credit to her and, and Erica Brown for, you know, developing that poise. But I think her getting to two feet has helped her consistency a lot.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. And again, just to kind of bring it full circle, you know, Lauren Betts, who's having uh, a season for the ages out of UCLA, is eighty-one point three percent at the rim, and she's eighty-point six percent at the rim, uh, thirteen inches shorter. So yeah. I, I, I just, I, I yeah. absolutely love to see that. But if, you know, Janelle is not doing it on her own, and we're seeing growth. You know, you talked about Katie a little bit. Uh, What what is it for Katie that is allowing her early on because, you know, again, producing for you and the shooting is not even necessarily where you're looking for it to be. So I just feel that there's even more growth for her as well coming.
1: Absolutely. Our freshmen, I'm, I, I'd shout out all of them. They've all done a great job and been, um, you know, really not batted an eye as a freshman and, and play well, you know, all of them play wise beyond their years. But, you know, Katie's another one that can take some of the, the pressure off of Nelly to have to do everything. And, you know, last year Nellie had to, to, you know, guard everybody's best ball handler. And, you know, now if Nellie does get pick up a quick foul, or we need to move her off uh, of, you know, somebody's point guard, you know, Katie is very capable of picking up that slack as well. So I think that's taking the pressure off of her, but Katie can shoot from just anywhere over half court is in her range. It has no problem doing it. And I love her confidence and her ability to do that. So, um, you know, she's, she's early on, really set the tone to be able to to space the floor. Um, And it's another one that can create and get downhill and is a, is a really good finisher as well. So her and Nelly are, you know, a great one, two punch at that position.
0: You've made the Hudson Valley territory your own. You are taking all kinds of opportunities for folks out of Jersey, you know, is a really talent rich area. I know, you know, obviously, you know, having grown up in Connecticut as well, you know, what feels like the range of circle for Fairfield? You know, what, what, when you're having those types of conversations, how do you kind of view what your map looks like?
1: That was one of the things that, that drew me to here I, I love recruiting that's one of my kind of my my you know niches as, as far as in women's college basketball I've loved recruiting all over the country yeah. and that's one of the the beautiful things about Fairfield is that you can recruit the tri-state area you can recruit Boston you can recruit the DMV um, as far as proximity goes but you also are were you know an hour from multiple airports three to four airports um, including you know several international airports in New York City so you can recruit across the country, you can recruit internationally, which I've also done throughout my career. So currently we have a, a Brazilian on our roster by way of Florida State. Um, but it's easy for her to to get home if she needs to, or to get to, you know, she's got a sister in New Jersey. We've got one from Texas. We've, you know, I just got back from recruiting chip in, in Minnesota. I'll continue to recruit some of my old stomping grounds. Uh, we have a Canadian mm-hmm. coming next year. So you're able to get to A lot of different places um, from here, and and because of our location next to the beach and a great you know academic institution, you can draw from pretty much anywhere.
0: I I have heard that even there are some WNBA head coaches who like to uh, vacation up in Fairfield. So you know that yes, I don't know if it's
1: or the you know our their grand dog. I'm not sure. You know,
0: (laughs) it is. Very, very much a destination and say, not just, let's say not just for family or dog related reasons. Uh, before we go to break and into what the future is going to hold, I would be remiss not to just talk about the recruiting piece of it, because you are instrumental in helping to bring the group to Minnesota that is just absolutely killing it so far this year. I know that's always a challenge, right? This is this is the way the industry works and going on to different opportunities. But, uh, you know, just take me through like kind of. Uh, Let us say pride of uh, experience, even as you're seeing it from afar, seeing what Mara Braun, who is going to play in the lead at a very high level someday. And that group of freshmen, now sophomores and what they're doing here uh, for Minnesota this year.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really proud of them. Um, That group was really fun to recruit for a lot of different reasons. But first and foremost, they're great people. Um, And. You know, the, the four Minnesotans got along so well and got a chance to really build chemistry before they ever set foot on campus. And, you know, I was bummed to have to, to leave and not get a chance to coach them. But, you know, Lindsay obviously did a great job in recruiting them and that entire staff. Um, and then Dawn's doing a great job. And I, I'm, I'm just really excited for them to continue to, to kind of build that Minnesota back to, to what it was when Lindsay played there and, and, you know, create some of those same opportunities for women in, in Minnesota.
0: State of Minnesota, thank you. They're very grateful. I know it (laughs) firsthand. So, we'll be back just talking about the future of Fairfield, the Fairfield trajectory, right after this. But first, here to talk to you about Dave.com. And Dave.com gives you opportunities to level the financial playing field. You download Dave, you can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's all part of Dave's extra cash account. You get advances on the money you need with no interest and then you settle up later. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to make their finances easier and you can even build credit by settling up on time. It gives you an opportunity to do that work. So download Dave today at Dave.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Dave.com slash LockedOnNBA. You can get $500 in five minutes or less, no credit check no late fees, download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash locked on NBA for terms and conditions. Go to dave.com slash legal eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees do apply. Banking services provided by Evolve member FDIC. So I think People sleep on the Mac on a regular basis. Uh, It bothers me as a Northeasterner. um, You you have maybe the best tournament opportunity when you go down to Atlantic City and, um, you know, and that entire experience, I think is wonderful. Figuring out where the Mac fits in the pecking order gets more and more complicated because conferences get more and more complicated. So as you think about this trajectory for where Fairfield can go, Within the Mac context, within the idea of that there are mid majors that build like high majors, where do you see Fairfield fitting in? Is it the Gonzaga of the east? is it you know where where how do you want to build to it?
1: Well, I think my, I've been sitting here too long, so my lights went off. there you go okay. um, <laughs> I um. So I was inspired, you know, early on uh, by by teams like Quinnipiac and Marist who have made deep runs in the tournament before. So, you know, our league is very strong and there's great coaches in it. And that was something that really drew me to it was a place that you can do that. Um, and so our goal is to be a team um, that not only is in the position to try and win our league every year, but to make runs in the tournament and not just be happy to get there. So, you know, we like I mentioned earlier, but there was a lot of those teams in the Midwest. You mentioned Gonzaga, you know, Florida Gulf Coast is a great example of that. Um, and those are kind of our blueprints that we're trying to follow where we're recruiting really high level, you know, freshman transfers that can continue to put us on a national stage um, and, and do it in a way that, is, um, about the whole team. Like we, we need everybody. We may not have, and we do have some, you know, quote unquote superstars, but we have a, a, a deep group of women that can contribute. So, um, we're trying to kind of follow that. And our, our goal is to, to, again, win games in the tournament eventually.
0: And, and to that end, and it kind of takes us full circle, right? You are not hesitating to schedule hard, you know, to go to Rutgers, to go to Vanderbilt, and you too. I mean, th- that was that was gutsy as hell. I just got to say. And so you went out and you're doing it. Does it feel as if you put yourself in a position where this is where we go back to? You come to NCAA tournament time and there is a disrespect given to a lot of other uh, um, conferences and, and teams within those conferences. You should be in position now. You do what you have to do. Right. You can get a seed that allows you a very winnable round one game. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. And so shout out to Blake. You mentioned Blake earlier. Uh, We call him the scheduling vortex. So he's done a ton of a ton of research, a ton of um, kind of background of teams in our, you know, at our level uh, and our position in how they've scheduled non-conference in order to put them in a position to to get the best seat possible. So, um, you know, you schedule those types of net top 100 net teams and. Mm give yourself a chance to to beat as many one, two, three, as many as you can to give yourself a great situation uh, in the long run. So we, you know, we started that last year. We knew we weren't, you know, maybe where we are now in, in year two, but you know, we, we brought Michigan to us. We want to schedule and play those, those, you know, higher opponents in the net. Um, and so, and, and playing them on the road and winning on the road is a, is a huge boost to that as well. So, um, you know, we're, we're going after early and we, we hope that's a message to recruits as well. Like, you, you know, we're, we're not just, talking the talk we're walking the walk and we're trying to to do that so you know the closer you can creep as you know to a 13 12 seed the better off you get to being able to you know again like we said win games in the tournament and not just be happy to be there
0: i i guess the flip side of that is i would imagine that scheduling is getting progressively harder (laughs) it is (laughs) is,
1: yeah a lot of a lot of contracts aren't uh done until the spring so we've had um some opportunities no longer be there now (laughs)
0: Well, some some folks are going to have to play.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we just, you know, we just added more things to Coach Blake's plate.
0: (laughs) I I know that Coach Blake is up for the challenge. Probably I know you are up for the challenge. Uh, As I said, the last time you were on the show, and as I'll say it on the next time, on the show just the trajectory is just going to continue to go it's wonderful to see as a point of personal privilege i'm delighted to see it for you as well so congratulations on all your continued success i look forward to covering you uh for many many years to come to our listeners thank you as always for being part of women's basketball every single day we will be back with you with a special guest i'm going to tease to it but not tell you who it is quite yet tomorrow but it's going to be a good one really looking forward to it and so until then i am howard Meddell wishing all of you a wonderful thursday
1: you are locked on women's basketball your daily podcast on women's basketball